He's a real nowhere man Sitting in his nowhere land Making all his nowhere plans for nobody Doesn't have a point of view Knows not where he's going to Isn't he a bit like you and me? Hello everyone, this is Bob Main and this is today's survival show episode number 84 where it is my goal to help you harness the power of choice to live life on your own terms and strengthen your resolve this is a practical show i don't engage in a whole lot of conspiracy and tin foil hat type of thinking i just try to keep this rooted in common sense thanks for tuning in if you're a first-time listener or relatively new to this show welcome this is a voice of reason in a world full of chaos and today i am going to talk about what is most likely to threaten your life that's the title of episode number 84 and hear my words carefully what's most likely to threaten your life or cause death is really what i'm saying so so the part of survival that i'm going to talk about in this show is what's most likely to cause death not hardship or anything like that but actual death and for purposes of this podcast i'm going to assume that the opposite of survival is death okay so let me get into some of the uh, uh, let's examine some of the causes of it now, you might be thinking, geez, Bob, what a positive subject you're going to talk about. The causes of death, right? How could I do a survival show and a survival podcast without talking about what might actually kill us and, and what threatens us? And, and I've got an overriding message here about how we prepare and where our priorities are and what we're setting as a priority for our preparation. Because I really believe that you know, survival is like anything else. Proper planning prevents a pitiful poor performance. And it's the same thing with planning. Proper planning prevents you from dying, having a lot of hardship if some kind of a disaster happens. And as we've talked about many times on this show, disasters don't always have to be some kind of a major catastrophe. A disaster can be in the form of an everyday event. A stink hit the fan can be something like losing a job, as we've talked about before on this show. An illness in the family, a death in the family. A car accident, a home fire, a home a burglary, stuff like that. That that's a lot more, a lot more often than uh, than weather disasters and EMPs and solar flares and, and and junk like that. So, when major catastrophes strike, like some of the recent earthquakes that have happened, and and the floods and so forth, so forth, the mass death toll can start leading people to think that natural disasters are the most likely way that people die. But that's not, sh- not, not so. Not by a long shot. So I'm going to talk about some life versus death scenarios. In other words, as I mentioned, you know, what is most likely to kill you? And I'm not going to focus on food shortages in this podcast. I'm not going to focus on financial collapses and government takeovers and stuff like that in this episode. That kind of stuff is possible. Sure, it is. I'll give you that. It's possible. Matter of fact, uh, could be likely. But for purposes of this show, I'm going to talk about what is most likely to threaten and take your life. So I want to start with a question. Here's my question. Why are so many survivalists spending so much time 
preparing for disasters that don't pose as much of a risk as, as others do. In other words, the disasters that pose the most risk to us, the most risk, and again, since we're talking about what could risk our life, the disasters out there that pose the greatest risk are things like heart disease, cancer, stroke, accidental injury, car accidents, fire, stuff like that. But yet there's so many survivalists out there preparing for EMPs and Armageddon and zombie attacks and things like that which are so far-fetched that the likelihood of them killing you is extremely small. Now, if they do happen, obviously the percentage of people that are involved in some kind of a disaster like that, the percentage of the die could happen, uh, could be really large, but the like Likelihood and the percentage of the likelihood of those kinds of far-fetched ideas, far-fetched scenarios happening is so small that obviously it doesn't figure much into the death toll. But things like heart disease and cancer and stroke, that's what takes more lives than anything else. And not just in the United States, but worldwide. I know I have international listeners to this program. Uh, I'm going to talk about a lot of United States statistics, but I'll bet you some of these are very similar to the country that you live in. And according to the National Center for Health Statistics, the leading cause of death in the United States, in order, heart disease, cancer, stroke, chronic lower respiratory diseases, and accidental injury. Car accidents are thrown into the accidental injury category. Okay. In fact, sorry about this, this is negative here, but, but, but it's true. You're more likely to commit suicide or fall to your death than you are to be killed by any tsunami or natural disaster. Now, a recent update to the National Center for Health stats that was published in January of 2005 finds that cancer became the leading killer of Americans under age 85. Now, in less advanced countries where where people often live in poverty and uh, and they're and they're living near the sea in poorly constructed houses, yes, tsunamis and floods and earthquakes are a larger threat. But in countries uh, like that, there are a lot of other risks over the course over the long course of their lifetime that are very similar to the risks we have here in the United States. Okay, so since I'm on a statistics topic here. Let me share some things with you to think about. Okay, let me give you some some odds here. Let me just give you some odds that are published by the uh, National Center for Health Care Statistics. Again, this is for the United States, but also very similar to other countries. I'm going to talk about the cause of death and the odds of you suffering from this in your lifetime. Again, the cause of the death and the odds of you the odds of this killing you in your lifetime. Heart disease. Lifetime odds of dying from heart disease? One in five. One in five. Cancer? One in seven. And of course, those kind of flip-flop between one and two. There seems to be a lot of argument, but you know, let's face it. What we can do to keep ourselves healthy 
is going to be the most important thing in preventing our death and giving us the ability to survive. It's amazing. This subject just simply does not get talked about much in survival shows, and that's why I wanted to discuss it on this. As you know, I think it was back in episode number 60, I think it was. I think it was 60 where I did the interview with uh, with the member of our forum, Spencer Baker, and we talked about um, health and fitness and fitness routines. What is your fitness routine? Okay? I mean, think about that. That is a major survival preparation. How do you eat? What kinds of substances do you not abuse to reduce your risk of heart disease, cancer? Stroke, 1 in 23 is your odds of dying from a stroke. Accidents, 1 in 36. Car accidents, folks. Automobile accidents, one of the leading causes of death in the United States. What are you doing to to prevent automobile accidents? Okay? Uh, Intentional self-harm, suicide, 1 in 121. 1 in 121 in suicide. Falling down. Okay, in other words, just falling to your death, 1 in 246. Now, let's talk about guns, firearms. Okay, 1 in 325. Your likelihood of dying from a gunshot is really only 1 in 325. It's not very high. And you know what's interesting? According to the FBI, half of those are suicide. Now, I'm going to submit this to you, folks. The people who are going to commit suicide, there's plenty of ways to do it without a firearm. A lot of them choose to use a firearm. But you don't have to to use a firearm. So if you think about the fact that your chances of dying by gunshot are 1 in 325, and half of those are suicide, if you don't intentionally kill yourself with a gun, it's probably more like about 1 in 700. Okay? Fire or smoke, 1 in 1,016. Your chances of dying by natural forces like heat, cold, storms, earthquakes, weather disasters. You ready for this? Your chances of dying in a weather disaster, 1 in 3,000. Electrocution, 1 in 5,000. Drowning, 1 in 9,000. An airplane accident, 1 in 20,000. Okay, how about this one? Your chances of dying by a legal execution. <laughs> I guess that's not a very funny subject, is it? One in 58,000. Your chances of dying in a tornado. One in 60,000. Lightning. You might think, well, man, lightning strikes, the, the most rare cause of death. No, not quite. It's not the most rare. One in 83,000. A snake bite, a bee sting. One in a hundred thousand. Chances of dying in an earthquake, one in a hundred and thirty-one thousand. Your chances of being killed by a dog attack, one in a hundred and forty-seven thousand. An asteroid impact, one in two hundred thousand. A tsunami, one in five hundred thousand. And how about this one, since we got Fourth of July coming up quicker than we know? Fireworks. Your chances of being <laughs> Killed by a fireworks explosion, one in 615,000. And again, this is kind of a combination of a lot of different sources. The National Center for Health Stats, the CDC, the American Cancer Society, the National Safety Council, uh, the International Federation of Red Cross and Red Crescent Societies, the World Health Organization. 
in organizations like that. Uh, I'm going to give you a link to a website, kind of put all those statistics together to come up with these odds. All right. But what I'm talking about here is consider the low odds of something happening to you like a weather disaster or an EMP or a solar flare or an asteroid impact or an earthquake or being bit by a, a snake uh, or a bee sting or a tornado or a flood. Consider the low probability of dying one of those, but yet heart attack, cancer, stroke, accidental injury, accidents, okay? Even violence, even uh, being a victim of a violent attack is a lot greater odds than some of the disasters that survivalists actually do prepare for, okay? And I'm going to talk a little bit about violence here in just a minute. But think about the odds, folks. It's all about the odds. And I would submit to you to start putting your priorities in order when it comes to your survival preparations and start preparing for the stuff that has the greater odds of killing you. Now, I'm not talking about food storage and water storage here, folks, and supplies and bug-out bags and things like that, okay? Because food storage, I mean, food storage will help you if you lose your job. You won't have a grocery bill for a while. Water storage uh, it can also, same thing. Okay, being financially prepared, paying off your debt and having an emergency fund, that can help you if you lose your job. There's a death in the family, whatever. All right? I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. I'm talking about what is likely to kill you. So let me talk a little bit about preparing for violence. First of all, let's talk about, let's talk about the violence out there. All right? Uh, murder. We talk about murder, first of all. Okay? Especially uh, murder against women. You know, in 2005, in 2005, 1,100 women were murdered by an intimate partner. Sorry about the negative stuff here, but this is the truth. These are facts. That's an average of three women every day. Okay? Of all the women murdered in the United States, about one-third of them were killed by an intimate partner. And the Centers for Disease Control estimates that the cost of domestic violence in 2003, the cost of it was $8.3 billion, including the medical care costs, the mental health services cost, that figures into domestic violence. And somewhere in America, a woman is battered, and again, like I told you about, usually her by her intimate partner, every 20 seconds. And if you factor in, when talking about violence against women, if you talk about unreported rapes, for example, you know, in fact, folks, do you realize that only thirty-five, only thirty-seven percent of rapes are actually reported? Only thirty-seven percent of rapes are actually reported. Okay. Factoring in all the unreported rapes, only about five percent of rapists will ever spend a day in jail. One out of twenty. 19 to the 20 are going to walk free, folks, because of our wonderful justice system that we have here in the United States. Okay? So, ladies, you carrying a gun? If not, why not? If you're legally allowed to carry in your state, the chances of you, ladies, being a victim of a crime of violence from one human being to another is far greater than any kind of weather disaster uh, or any kind of a... Uh, government or, or financial system collapse and so forth. You, you need to be preparing to protect your life. Your odds are a lot higher of something happening to you, ladies, by some thug criminal 
then if your house burns or any natural disasters or anything out there or even car accidents okay now while I'm on the subject of cars let's talk about carjacking okay car get carjacking in the United States in 1992 it was officially made a federal a federal crime and the United States Department of Justice estimates that in about half of all carjackings the attacker actually does succeed in stealing the victim's car and they estimated in 1987 from 87 to 92 about 35,000 carjacking attempts took place every year about 49,000 carjackings every year between 92 and 96 now that's over 55,000 carjackings every year so I got a question okay is it reasonable to assume that about one out of every five carjackers are armed? Think about that. Okay, That's over 10,000 carjackers are actually armed when they commit that crime. Okay, Your odds can be fairly high of carjacking, especially for you urban dwellers out there living in big cities, like me, for example. Okay, Homicide. Let's talk about homicide. 5.5 people per 100,000 of our population killed by homicide. Okay? And it's remained at about that level since about 2005. Let's talk about burglaries. Okay, here's here's a subject near and dear to my heart. Okay? Because of the business that I'm in. Part of a, you know, you've heard me talk about part of the business that I'm in includes selling uh, home security equipment. Okay, over 2 million burglaries in the United States occur every year. Now, even though that's been declining for the last 30 years, we're still at over 2 million home break-ins every year. And you know what? A CDC study showed that 34% of burglars use a gun. Now, I want you to think about something. Let's just say for purposes of argument, let's shrink that 34% number down to 25%. Let's say one in four burglars are using a gun Okay, that's half a million armed burglars out there every year, folks. Are you protecting yourself against that? And not only just home security, not, not just home security system and cameras and lights and different forms of detectors and so forth, but do you have a gun ready to blow that sucker away when he comes in your house? In many states, that's perfectly legal for you to do that. Here in the great Republic of Texas, our home is our castle, and we have the castle doctrine here in this state. You come into my house, and you're not authorized, and you don't leave, I can send you out of my house horizontal in a pine box. And that should be, uh, it should be the right of every person to do. Unfortunately, some states don't give you that right. Yet you, in those states, I feel bad for you, you still could be a victim of those half a million armed burglars that are out there. Now, since I'm talking about burglaries here for a minute, let me share some things that maybe you didn't know about burglars. For a lot of homeowners, one of the most frightening, especially if you have kids, folks, one of the most frightening things that you can think of is being awakened uh, at night by a home invasion. There's a member of our forums, excuse me, there's members of our forum that, that this has actually happened to them. You can go on our forum and you can read about it. Okay? A burglary may happen during the day or at night. A lot of them do happen during the day, folks. Most of them happen during the day. Especially when you're away from work. Excuse me, when you are away at work. That's what I meant to say. When, when you're not at your home and you're out working, this is when a lot of the burglars like to strike. But, 
A lot of them are getting more brave these days, folks. A lot of them are strung out on drugs. A lot of them are stopping at literally uh, nothing. Okay? A lot of them are breaking in at, at night. A lot of them are breaking in during prime time when you're sitting there relaxing in front of the TV. Okay? And if you hope to defend yourself and your family against an intruder, there's a few things I want to share with you. A few things you should know about criminals who break into your house. Okay? Before I get into that, a couple of announcements. I'm going to shift gears here, and I'm going to talk about burglaries, and I'm going to talk about uh, some more violence and things. And then I'm going to get back to the subject about how are we structuring our preparations. But let me knock out a couple of announcements, because I forgot to do that in the first part of the show. Uh, the website, todayssurvival.com. If you are accessing the show off of the main website, do me a favor, would you? Uh, put some comments, comments on there. Let me know what you think of some of the topic matter. It's also a good place to put some topic suggestions, if you have some show suggestions for me. Also, don't forget to join our forum at todayssurvival.com slash forum, or click the forum link. And also, don't forget about our sponsor, longtime sponsor since I first started the show, Knives and Gear. Uh, Jeff Lytle's got an excellent website. He just revamped it, put some new products up there. I'm going to be uploading some more knife reviews. So if some of you like knives and you like to talk about survival knives and things, he's got a couple more knife reviews. I'll be putting them on the YouTube channel. And that brings me to the point. Don't uh, forget to look at today's Survival YouTube channel. You can go to YouTube, YouTube and search Today's Survival, or you can just go to YouTube.com slash user slash Today's Survival. And if this show helps you with your preparations, if you feel like you get some value from this show, it's a hobby. It's not a profession of mine. I don't do this full-time, but I do appreciate donations. Some of you have supported the show. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. I want to keep it going. I want to keep bringing you quality content. This will always be free. It will always be a hobby of mine, but I'm going to keep doing it as long as you folks keep supporting it. So if you feel inclined, if it's in your heart to be able to do that, I'd appreciate that. There's a donate button on the front page and that's all I'm going to say about that and that concludes the announcements note I don't make my show real commercial I don't believe in that I want to keep this full of content so let's get back to burglaries burglars are not going to be dressed in what we typically think of as Hollywood burglar attire okay Burglars, they, they know not to dress up as you see them on TV wearing black suits and ski masks and things. Okay? Burglars are going to be wearing regular clothes. Okay? A burglar is more likely to dress up as a salesman, a door-to-door salesman, or a maintenance worker, or a delivery worker. Um, and they, they might even use this disguise to, to get inside your home. So think about that. Now... Um, the second point I want to make is a, a fake security camera might fool a, a burglar. I've seen people do this. I've seen people put out fake security cameras. Folks, you know what? The real ones are not that expensive. Okay? So so get some good uh, security cameras if you're going to do that. But, but savvy criminals, savvy burglars, they're going to case your property. And they're going to be looking for security devices like that. They're going to be looking for outdoor lighting and cameras and security systems, folks. I mean, the, the savvy ones, and these are the ones that are typically armed. Remember I talked about um, about 34% of burglars actually have a gun on them? Okay, these, these are the folks that are savvy enough, folks, to know about security devices. So this is why I'm a big proponent of carrying at home if you carry a pistol, folks. And you might think that's strange, but carry at home. I do. I carry at home. Okay? I'm not taking any chances, folks. Violence happens. Okay? Home invasions do happen. 
Okay, with at least a half a million armed burglars out there, folks, I am not taking a chance, and I don't, I don't suggest that you take a chance either. Okay, the other point, the third point I want to make is most burglars are typically typically going to going to assume that doors and windows are easy to get into, and still. You wouldn't believe this, but it's true. There's way too many homeowners that still forget to lock their windows. They still do things like leaving a spare key under the doormat. Don't do that. A lot of them, a lot of them have security systems, folks, and they don't even use them. They fail to arm them. Some burglars are bold enough to test it. Okay? And folks, you can, you, you can bet the criminals, especially seasoned ones, savvy ones, they know exactly where to look for your spare key. No matter how good you think your hiding places are, okay, they've seen your they've seen hiding places places for keys many, 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 many times before. It's going to be very difficult to fool them. So think about that. The fourth point I want to talk about when it comes to home invasions and burglars: they hate lights and they hate noise. And this is one one of the reasons why having a security system simply as a noisemaker can be somewhat effective. It can be one layer of protection. And, and door and window alarms work well because of that ear-splitting siren. Okay, no, no burglar, no criminal wants to get caught in the act. So typically, they're going to run and uh, they're, they're going to turn around and, and run as soon as they hear that siren. But don't bet on it. Again, it's just one. It's just one layer of protection. But powerful outdoor lighting is good and can also be effective as well as your alarms. The other point I want to make, point number five, burglars really don't care who they harm in the process. And I'm specifically talking about the half a million or so out there that are armed. Okay? Most burglars do try to break in when no one's home. That's true, so that there's no one there to stop them or no one there to call the police. And folks, don't think that your neighbors are watching your house 24-7. I hear that all the time. Oh, I got good neighbors. They're watching. Yeah, baloney. Okay? Do your neighbors never leave their house? You know, burglars who case out a neighborhood and case the place out, they know your schedule. They know your neighbor's schedule too, folks. Don't be silly in thinking that they don't. Okay, but you know what? If a burglar does run into an angry homeowner, they don't care who you are. Okay, they're going to fight back and they're going to fight back violently. And if they are armed with a knife or a gun, folks, you can be prepared for a fight. If you're home when that guy breaks into your house, you better be willing to fight back. I don't care what it is. Gun, preferably. Stun gun. Pepper spray. Mace baseball bat, anything, okay? Just be ready for a fight if they do break in, folks, because they're stopping at nothing. I mean, I hate to sound negative, and I don't want to be an alarmist, but it's the truth. Sorry, I'm just trying to give you facts here in this show. The sixth point I want to make is also burglars assume that if the homeowner is armed, you know, if you are armed, a lot of them are going to assume that you don't even know really how to effectively shoot your gun and that you're way too scared to even use it. And you know what? You know what the sad truth is, folks? They're right! Unfortunately, burglars are right about that. A lot of homeowners don't know how to effectively shoot their gun and they are too scared to use it. Don't let that be you. A brazen criminal might just try to grab that gun from you before you're, you're able to get off a single shot. 
So that's why important it's important for you to be comfortable with your firearm or whatever device that you're using. Okay, if you live in an area where you can't own a firearm, just feel comfortably with whatever you do have for self-defense and know how to use it and practice it. And if you can take a course on how to use it, go take a course on how to use it. And if you can own a gun, you know I'm a big proponent of training. If you can own a gun, train with it and be prepared to use it and use it effectively. So, why have I gone over all this? Because I have a closing question. This is a relatively short show and I'm going to sign off here in a minute. But I have a closing question as I conclude this episode. Where are you spending your time and your resources in your preparation? Do you realize that if you do reduce the likelihood of dying from the top five killers that I mentioned, okay, those, those killers being heart disease, cancer, stroke, accidents, and suicides, if you protect yourself, if you prepare to reduce your likelihood of dying from those, you are a survivalist. And you may not know it, but you are. You are a survivalist. So, in closing, what, what, what kind of a fitness program are you on? How are you eating? How are you taking care of your body? What are you doing to avoid car accidents? What steps are you taking to properly secure your home? Are you financially prepared? Are you debt-free so you can reduce your stress? And the stress can lead to stroke and heart attacks. Are you carrying a gun? If not, why not? As I've mentioned, a lot more people are killed by violence in this country and others than they are by natural disasters every year. So, folks, please don't spend time preparing for unlikely events. I mean, don't spend the most of your time preparing for unlikely events. That's what I'm trying to say. It's okay to prepare for those. Prepare for the unlikely events accordingly. Spend about as much time as the likelihood of the event happening. Spend about that much time preparing for it. I would submit to you, prepare for what's most likely to kill you. Like most of what I talked about in this show. In addition to preparing for job losses and food shortages and financial car, uh, crisis, prepare for the carjackings, the home invasions, a mugging, a rape, and the various types of assaults. And prepare for good health and fitness and you are far more likely to survive. Don't let the conspiracy theorists get a hold get a hold of you folks and don't let those conspiracy theorists out there mess up your priorities. So until next time. This is Bob Main and you've just listened to another episode of today's survival show where I try to keep it practical and talk about the power of choice to help you live life on your own terms and survive and not be killed and therefore strengthening your resolve. And Teddy Roosevelt once said, do what you can with what you have, wherever you are. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Until next time, I want to say thanks for listening. I appreciate you. Appreciate your support. And I'll talk to you later. Isn't he a bit like you?